Welcome to Heart of the Home. I'm Claire Cameron. Overwhelmed mums and women sick of just getting through your days. Join me for adventures in decluttering, organising and simplifying our lives with a little woo and a lot of love. Are you ready? Hello. Welcome to episode number two of From the Heart of the Home. I'm Claire Cameron, your host, and today I'm going to share with you my overall strategy for overcoming overwhelm. Now, I say words like strategy and overarching a lot because I'm a very left brain thinker, but it doesn't have to be scary. One of the biggest things that helped me in overcoming overwhelm was a mindset shift. So I'm going to share that with you today, as well as my three strategies. So everything that I do comes under these three strategies or categories. And the big thing that I want to get across is that when you are feeling completely overwhelmed with life, like it is just all too much, you probably feel like you need a massive life overhaul. And that, for us mums, it's just not achievable. We don't have time. We don't have the mental space. We don't have the energy to do something like a massive life overhaul. But we can make time and mental space and energy for little tasks, little tasks, little experiments, little things that will move us a little bit closer to that calmness. And also, they make you feel like if you can do one little task and you've achieved it, then that sense of achievement builds and builds and builds. And that also helps to overcome the overwhelm because it can be really hard to feel like you're achieving something when, especially in the early days, when you're just drowning in nappies and snacks and cleaning the floor and doing the washing, you know the drill. So I'm going to share with you just three really simple tasks that will put a little bit of calm in your life and build a bit of that momentum. But first, I'm going to tell you a bit more about my 31st birthday. So that, this was last year. I'm 32 now. And it had been, it was a Tuesday. So Tuesdays, we have mother's group and we have had since my older son, who is now, he'll be four in January, since he was five weeks old, met my mother's group and we've been meeting up ever since. So Tuesdays when my two children were little were my saviour day. So at that stage, I had a two and a bit year old and a six month old. And mother's group was the only day that I could get out of the house because to go anywhere, was it was just impossible. My two year old was a runner the six-month-old needed feeding constantly. He'd just started solids, so he was needing to be spoon-fed. To go to the park, I couldn't just leave the two-year-old. Like I couldn't even just step back and let him be on the play equipment just close to me. I had to follow him around, so leaving the house was impossible. And my birthday, Mother's Group, was meant to be at our house because we're having a little party. And one of the kids was sick. I can't remember who it was. I just remember they were sick. And we'd had sickness for the last few weeks between the kids and me. So we hadn't been to mother's group for a few weeks and I was starting to feel seriously trapped. And that day it was just, it was too much for me. 
every time somebody rang to wish me a happy birthday, I would hang up the phone and just bawl. All I wanted to do was get out and be with people and not have the weight of the world on my shoulders. So I actually, there's an app. I'm not sure if it's all over Australia, but in Brisbane, we have an app called Pop-Up Nanny where you can book a babysitter. So you put in, it's kind of like Uber for babysitters. So you put in when you want the nanny and then people will apply. So this was like nine o'clock in the morning. I decided I'd had enough and I, I had to get out of the house. I just had to for my sanity. And because it was my birthday as well. So I put in for a nanny at 11.15 until quarter to one. So an hour and a half. That was my birthday present to myself. And this older lady applied and I accepted her. And she turned up and she was a mum of three kids, three school-age kids. So her kids were at school and then she is a pop-up nanny during the day to help. And I've, I got to talking to her at the end and she said that she does it because she remembers how hard it was and she wants to help other women who are going through that. Now, at that stage, I wasn't very open to sharing what I was going through because I felt like a failure. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I was so miserable. So I held it together while she was there. But that lady, I wish I could find out who she was because she saved me that day. She came to the park with us. She held the baby. She fed the baby. She chased the two-year-old around. She just, I, I can almost cry thinking of her. She really saved me that day but it was also that day that I read a blog post about postnatal depression and anxiety and a few bells started going off in my head that's when I first it first occurred to me that I might have anxiety in fact that I did have anxiety I knew I did I just knew it all the signs were there and my life felt like it was just endless picking up. I was snappy all the time. As I said, I was housebound. I was crying so much and sometimes over things that I just, I didn't even know what I was crying about. I can remember crying in my dressing room one time because my two-year-old just wouldn't put his shoes on and it was just too much for me. I felt like I was constantly playing catch-up and I'm a pretty organized person so constantly playing catch-up was just wearing on me. And then I was exhausted, not because the kids weren't sleeping. They were actually sleeping really well, but because I would lie, I'd go to sleep, I'd go to bed at night and I'd just lie there for at least an hour. Not, I wasn't thinking of anything in particular. My brain was just buzzing. I could not sleep and I felt guilty. I felt guilty for being like this. Like I must be being, I must be a terrible mother because I'm failing at this. I'm not enjoying everything. So I must be failing. And it was just not fun for anyone. So all of these things led to me being completely overwhelmed, which led to being to anxiety, which I actually think I've had my whole life. But this was extreme and I, I couldn't continue like this and I didn't want to. So something had to change. So I got help. I spoke with my doctor. I started speaking with people and I shared with a couple of close friends and I actually shared more with my husband. I hadn't even told him 
the depth of what I was experiencing because I felt like such a failure. But what I realized from talking to all these people is that nothing was going to magically change. Talking to people was not, there was nothing that could magically change me. I had to make the changes myself. But then I had to find out what these changes were and how I was going to do it. So I did what I do best. I researched. I started reading. I read books. I read blogs and websites and everything I could find. I watched documentaries on Netflix. There are some brilliant. One I'll recommend, Sidetrack, The Happiness Project, I think it's called. Awesome documentary. I started talking. So I was I started talking more with my friends, with my husband, with my family, with professionals. And then I started experimenting with just little things. There are so, so many things out there. If you Google it, Google anxiety, how to beat it, overwhelm, how to beat it, you will be overwhelmed by all the options. So I started experimenting with all of these things and I started listening to podcasts, which I am obsessed with. And slowly, as I started making all these little changes, things began to change for me. And I felt like I was coming back. I felt more in control of my life, not in control of my kids. I don't know if I'll ever be in control of my kids. Do you ever get control of them? Somebody with older kids, tell me you get control of them. The days didn't always feel like they were dragging on and on and I wasn't just staring at the clock waiting for my husband to come home. And I wasn't crying all the time or snapping over ridiculous things. And we started leaving the house a bit more without me having a meltdown because I realized that part of the reason we weren't leaving the house was because I was so anxious going out of the house was almost panic attack worthy. It was just too hard. Our first outing was to this big open park by the bay where the two-year-old could run and it didn't actually matter. I could chase after him and we had a great time and that sort of built my confidence as well. So as I say, it's just the little, little things. But once I started feeling just a tiny bit better or a tiny bit more in control or on top of something, I just wanted more. And I was determined to make our lives as easy and low stress as possible. I'm a big why person. I need to know why things work, how things work, why things work. It's a little thing like our shower head was broken. It kept sliding down on the post. We've got one of those movable ones and I wanted to fix it. So the first thing that I do is take things apart and look at them and examine it and see how how it was put together. And I fixed it. So when I was looking at overwhelm and anxiety and everything, I went back to why are so many people overwhelmed and anxious? And I found there are quite a few reasons. We are trying so hard to keep up, to keep up with the ridiculous expectations that we put on ourselves and to keep up with other people. And we are trying to keep up with their public face, not their behind the scenes face. Because if you'd looked at me last year, you probably would have thought that I had everything together when in fact I was drowning. So we're trying to keep up with something that doesn't exist. So no wonder we're having trouble with it. Then we're trying to do the right thing all the time because 
we're mums and we want the best for our children. So if somebody says that this is the toy that your child has to have so that they will be a neuroscientist and then somebody else says that toy is going to make your child hyperactive, we're constantly absorbing all of this information and it's just so stressful because we've kind of lost our intuition and knowing what's right for us and then we're trying to have it all as well and not in the sense of having all the stuff necessarily although maybe some people are but trying to have it all look perfect all the time have the kids dressed perfectly have the latest phase go to the latest play group we're trying to have it all we are way too critical we're so critical of ourselves and of others as well. The judgment is just ridiculous. And if we spoke to other people the way that we spoke to ourselves, we'd have no friends. We've got too much stuff, physical stuff, mental stuff, and stuff on our calendars. And we never stop to take a breath. But what's so bad about this? Why don't we just deal with it? Well, because overwhelm, is really another word for stress. And stress ain't good for us. I tried to find a statistic and all the numbers were different, but they range from between 50 and 90% of doctor's visits are stress-related. How insane is that? But we can change it. Now, my first task for you, this is not one of my three tasks, but what I want you to think about, have a think, what is your ideal day? Now, I'm not talking ideal day like lying around a pool, sipping cocktails in the Bahamas. That would be amazing. But I'm talking your ideal day as it is now. So if you go to work, you take your kids to to daycare, what would you like your day to look like? When you wake up, what happens? How does it look like when you get to work? What do you do on your weekends? Have you got that idea in your mind? Now I'm going to ask you a question. Why can't it be like that? All right, here comes the mindset shift thing. So I want you to picture an open window, but it's only open a third of the way. And then there's a little bee and he's trying to get out the window, but he's going at the glass. You know how they go, hit the glass, hit the glass, hit the glass, hit the glass. And you're just like, come on, bee, just go down a bit and you'll see the open window. And out you go. But no, they just keep bashing at the glass. That's us. Outside the open window is our ideal day, our ideal life. But we are so, so overwhelmed and involved in everything, we can't see that there's that glass in front of us. We need to step back, take a breath, think about what we really want and the best way to get there, and then we might see the open window. We want to slow down and take a step back you will find that everything you need is right in front of you and you just need to see it. I'm going to give you a few examples of this. So the glass, what's blocking you, what you're trying to do is, well, your stress is that there's stuff everywhere all the time. Let's take toys, for example. So you try to organize them. This was me. You go out, you buy containers, you buy special organizing systems and shelves and drawers and you label things and you sort it all out and categorize it and it's all perfect and then the husband puts things back in the wrong place it's all destroyed it's all still chaotic 
and you keep trying to organize it. Well, if you step back and have a look at the problem, have a real look at it, the open window is actually having fewer things. And I'm never one to say that my husband was right, but that may have been the case with our kids' toys. Our kids have very few toys now, and it is amazing. Now, another example would be trying to get it all. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. It all done. We're trying to do everything on our list. Banging at that glass. But the open window might be, cut some things out of that list. Does everything have to be done? Does it get you closer to your ideal day? If not, get rid of it. So we're going to come to my three strategies. Now, as I said, everything that I do comes under these these, these strategies, even cooking and recipes and the kitchen and clothes, everything comes under these three strategies. So number one is reduce or declutter. Number two is simplify. And number three is organize. So when we're talking reduce, reduce physical stuff, mental stuff and obligations. Now, there's a little quote that I love with this. By filling all your time with something, there's never time to do nothing. So never any space. And that means that you never got time to step back and see the open window. So physical stuff, that's really obvious. Mental stuff is the negative thoughts and the, the I'm not good enough, the I'm a shit mum, the guilt. We need to reduce that. And the obligations. Just because we get invited to something doesn't mean that we have to go. We've got to think about if it serves us. Does it contribute to our ideal day, our ideal life? If not, say no. It's not the end of the world. So that is my first task for you. I want you to say no to an invitation that you don't want to go to. Here's a little filter for you. If you get invited to something and your instant thought is, hell yes, then go. If your instant thought is, eh, it's a no. So number two task is simplify. Is there an easier way to do the thing that you're doing? Something stressing you out? Can you make it easier? My big example of this is grocery shopping. I do not enjoy grocery shopping. So my simple way of doing this is shopping online. I also only shop once a month. That's a story for another day. But simplify, simplify, simplify. Then organize. I'm not talking hardcore military precision organizing. I'm just talking about reducing the decision making and the thinking. We have to make so many decisions in a day that that we can experience decision fatigue. I didn't even know this was a thing until recently. We have a limit on how many decisions we can make in a day. So if we can take that decision making out, then we can help to reduce our overwhelm. Now, just simple things like setting a day of the week that you wash your sheets so that you know on Fridays when you wake up, you strip the bed and you throw the sheets in the washing machine. You're not having to think, hmm, when did I last wash the sheets? Was it last? Oh, it might have been. The, oh, will I wash them today? And then I, you just know. Fridays, you get up, you wash the sheets. Seems simple, but as I said, it's the simple things that all add up. Now, my little bonus strategy, I do that a lot, you'll learn, is clear. A clear space is a clear mind. One thing I have learned is that our brains 
process absolutely everything. Now, you may be in a room full of clutter and consciously you're not really aware of it. You know how you can walk around a room of kids' toys and you just step around them, you don't really notice them? Well, your brain does. So our brains are filtering every single thing that we give them. So whether it be things that we can see or hear or smell, our brain, because our brain's job is to keep us safe. So they're processing these things and they, it is processing every single item to see if it's something that we need to take notice of, if it's a threat or something we can just ignore. So if we can just ignore it, it doesn't come to our conscious mind. But that is seriously contributing to our overwhelm. So that's why a clear space is a clear mind. So my second job for you, second task, is to clear your phone. Now, I'll link to this in the show notes. I've got a tutorial for how to declutter your phone. But when I open my phone, I have an iPhone. So I unlock it and I see a photo of a hammock that I lay on in my trip to Vietnam with my husband earlier in the year. It was our first child-free holiday. The most relaxed I've ever been, I swear. And that's the photo on my phone. That's it. You don't see any apps. So I've put all my apps into one folder and that's down on the little bar at the bottom. So my bar goes phone, text, WhatsApp, and then my little folder with every single app. So I've got a clear space. There's no distraction. It's just so calm when I open my phone. So that's my challenge to you. Declutter your phone. My second challenge, task, clear your kitchen bench. You can be super organized about it and put everything away, find everything, find a house for everything, a home. But for the purpose of this, all I want you to do is clear the bench. If you have to get a box and scrape everything into there, all I want is for you to see a clear bench when you wake up tomorrow morning and see how that makes you feel. I promise you it will make such a difference to your day. Walking out to that clear kitchen, it will give you a sense of calm and then that spreads through your day. And how you start the day is really, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. It's not hard to overcome the overwhelm, but it does take a mindset shift to slow down, to step back, to focus on what is important to you and actually to recognize what's important to you and to accept and love your life and yourself exactly as it is and start trusting yourself. Thanks for listening to From the Heart of the Home. If you are a mum who is sick of the overwhelm and ready to ditch it, then I would love to have you in the From the Heart of the Home free Facebook group. To join, go to clairekcreations.com forward slash Facebook group. And I look forward to seeing you there. And if you enjoy this podcast, then I would love for you to share it with your mum friends. See you next time.